0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to The Sal Vetri Show, the DFS clip that you're about to hear. It originally aired on my YouTube channel, so buckle up, get your ears ready, and enjoy. Welcome to The Sal Vetri Show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the channel. It is 12.53 p.m. East Coast time, Tuesday, October 1st. Hopefully your weekends went great. Uh, Welcome to October, and this is what we're going to do. If you're new to this channel, we do an initial look at the week in terms of position by position. Friday, I come back around with a final look at it. And on Sunday morning, if you're a patron, you get a podcast, which is just final notes on ownership and everything. So, um, yeah, we're going to start it. This is sort of where the process starts. If you watched the first look video yesterday, I guess that's a rough first start outside of my background stuff, and looking at snap counts, looking at um, just a a bunch of different statistics, right, that get uh, me a feel for what happened in week four But this is it, right? This is where I want to start as a base of sort of a player pool of players at a very initial top high level, and we'll go from there. So we'll go position by position. What you're seeing over my shoulder is the target offense sheet. This is one of the stat sheets along with all the other player key specific stats per position uh, that you would get on Patreon. If you are interested, Patreon is linked up down below. Uh, Welcome to the channel if you're new. My name is Sal and I do cover daily fantasy sports in the NFL, MLB, WNBA, and NBA streets. Cannot wait for the NBA in three weeks. Very exciting, but right now for the NFL, loads of stuff going in on Patreon. Um, Lots of exclusive shows, videos, content all over there that goes a little bit more deeper into my process especially when it comes to tournaments with ownership, especially where it comes to my rankings and my best favorite plays really for cash and uh, final notes and all that stuff. So lots of stuff over there. You can check it out. It's linked up down below if you're interested. Also, since we hit 10,000 subscribers last week, through the rest of this week, I'll be giving $100 off my daily fantasy course. That's that's 66% off. So if you're interested, comment down below, hey, can I get that coupon and I'll shoot you it. Uh, That's probably the best way for me to go about giving that out. So if you're interested, just comment and and I will be sure to do that. So thank you. Uh, Let's get into this slate. Last thing I'll say is just uh, if you can hit the subscribe button, if you get any value from the video, hit the subscribe button and the like button. Thank you so much. You can find me on Twitter at dfs. So target offense sheet, um, just really Vegas totals, uh, fantasy points per game for the last two years, this year included, uh, and then... The pace of games. But let's start at the quarterback position. Early in the week, usually I filter this probably down the most, maybe wide receiver right there. Uh, But early in the week right now, I'm looking at a quarterback pool of about nine players um, with not as many yeses as last week. I think last week it was like eight or nine players and uh, six or seven of them I had interest in. Uh, This week so far, it's just five guys that I have as of Tuesday interest in. Tom Brady just started off, I think this is a really good overall team stack spot for the Patriots, right? You go from last week, a matchup against what is now the number two defense in the league, right behind Brady's defense, Patriots number one. In the Buffalo Bills, and nothing was getting going. It was kind of easy to see a zone defense that has a very, very good uh, shutdown quarterback in Tre'Davious White. Now they have over a twenty-nine total, twenty-nine point two five, is from what I'm seeing right now, the highest on the slate for an individual team. Slightly more than the Eagles against the Jets and Brady. I mean, this secondary is just atrocious. Everything in the secondary is really, really bad outside of maybe Landon Collins, right? He's doing his job. Nobody else is doing theirs, and he actually quoted saying that after the game. Um, so a nice spot for quarterbacks here. Brady's been very consistent all season long in terms of dr, um, the second highest on the slate in terms of how often he's getting sacked, bottom five on the slate. So this line's doing great, facing a pass rush that is not that good. And yeah, Brady has weapons, right? Josh Gordon finally not going to have a shutdown cornerback going up against him like he did last week in Tredavious White like he did week two against Xavier Howard. Um, so I do like this spot for Brady at 6,500. Kyler Murray at 6,300. Look, he hasn't put it all together yet. First two weeks he threw the ball well. Last two weeks he's running the ball better than he's throwing for the most part, uh, and he's still putting it. Last week was the, I think the worst week he's had so far, but over 17 fantasy points. When you have that rushing upside, if you put it together, yeah, it's a 25 plus point fantasy performance. And now you're getting Cincinnati, who has just been so so bad against really all positions in terms of their secondary, their run stop, their pass rush. So Kyler Murray I think's in a, a fantastic spot this week. The run, the team total low is interesting to me. A nice game total of 47 and a half but only a 22 team total but due to the fact that he's a mobile quarterback yeah he could have a a 22 team total type of performance for a quarterback but he could put up easily like he has really the last two weeks six plus fantasy points on the ground with his legs even if he doesn't get in the end zone so i do like that i do have interest in Jameis winston this week look uh, overall the saints run defense is probably a lot better than a lot of people expect dating back to last season and you could say the same for Jameis's defense in the bucks but i do like winston in terms of overall pass attempts and what he'll be facing in this game. Um, we've seen this team just airing it out a lot, right? The last two weeks, more so than the first two weeks when he struggled and then not having to do much on Thursday night football. Um, I do like targeting, obviously, the Saints secondary. Lattimore, last week was good. The first three weeks, not good. Last week, he did very well against um, Amari Cooper, albeit no Michael Gallup. So it was really hard to kind of take pressure off of one guy or really easy, really, to shut down Amari compared to Devin Smith being on the other side. You don't have that this week, right? You have both two really stud wide receiver so far through the first four weeks of the season and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, especially Mike Evans picking it up the last two weeks so I think he's interesting out of all the yeses that I have on here though Winston's probably my least interested one like this isn't ranked by my exact interest in them it's the way that it just filters that I think it might be alphabetically I'm not totally sure Carson Wentz have a lot of interest in against the Jets. Secondary, that's forcing no pressure. This line, especially when they don't face pressure for the Eagles, is one of the best ones in the league. Uh, Carson Wentz going to have another week of Alshon healthy. We have to watch the status of Deshaun Jackson. If he's back, Wentz jumps to probably being my favorite quarterback of the week. If he's not back, Matt Collins is a really big drop-off, in my opinion, especially just for defenses not having to focus as much. Uh, The secondary with Jamal... Adams would not have to focus as much on Matt Collins, obviously, as Deshaun Jackson in terms of burning you, which opens up more underneath routes for Zach Ertz and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, So I do have interest a ton. This Jets secondary, I think, is a little bit skewed in terms of how good, quote-unquote, they've been through the first couple of weeks of the season. And then you have the second-highest team total on the slate, 29 uh, for Carson Wentz, another guy who has not been getting sacked all that much, faced last week the Packers, who came in with the top pressure rate in the league, and he was sacked not one time, barely hit. Uh, Deshaun Watson is a guy of interest in. Look, he's been struggling. His obvious um efforts i would say for deshaun jackson in the rushing game are keeping him afloat but he missed a 75 yard wide open touchdown to will fuller he missed probably a 50 yard completion that potentially could have gone for more or a touchdown to deandre hopkins last week so his bad week that was saved out a little bit by his legs should have been a lot better i mean if he connects on the 175 yard touchdown which will fuller if you watched it and had a lot of will fuller was uh, probably four yards wide open wide open middle of the field dives doesn't get it it's just a bad throw overthrows him so I mean that one play alone shifts the entire outcome for Deshaun Watson for a 10 point difference in one play so I'm not totally down on Deshaun Watson especially um, when you factor in that this week he faces Atlanta who Marcus Mariota threw a quarter and a half looked like the best quarterback in football against I mean a lot of help from AJ Brown just breaking a ton of tackles but still that offense was able to move the ball pretty easily Deshaun Watson coming in with a 27 team total third highest on the slate right now Deshaun Watson is 6700 I think it's a fair price point for him if you tell me that Deshaun Jackson is not going to play this weekend he's probably my top two to three interest right there with Brady and Murray if Deshaun Jackson does play this weekend Carson Wentz probably bumps uh, Watson out of my top interest Phillip Rivers is a maybe. Have to see what happens with this Denver defense. No Bradley Chubb torn ACL. Uh, We'll see if they get Bryce Callahan back a defensive back. We'll see if they get, uh, if Kareem Jackson gets healthier, another guy back there. We'll see if um, Derek Wolfe is back on the defensive line. Lots of injuries that are going to impact this team. He gets Melvin Gordon back. We'll see what his receiving core looks like. So both sides of the ball, Denver defense, Chargers offense is going to impact how much interest I have in Phillip Rivers, who does have a nice team total of 25.25 for this game. Andy Dalton would be, he was in my first look lineup as a cash quarterback. He would be one of my favorite quarterbacks on the slate, but after seeing what happened and right, I made that first look video yesterday before the Monday night football game, this offensive line just keeps getting worse. Like the time that he has to throw the ball is awful. Adjusted line play is one of the worst in the league. 5,700 is great against the defense in Arizona. That's giving up 26.3 fantasy points per game, the most on the slate to the quarterback position. So, I do like that, but John Ross is hurt, so there's a weapon deep down the field that's taken away from you. Um, You have a terrible offensive line. How much do you trust Andy Dalton to have time to throw the ball? Now, Arizona's defense is not forcing much pressure. Um, They're decent in terms of of middle-of-the-pack and forcing pressure. Pass protection or in terms of coverage is not good. So it's a really beneficial matchup. If I had to guess any quarterback to move up my rankings or my interest more this week than anything, it would probably be Andy Dalton, depending on the status of guys on that offensive line. And just overall, what the the overall um, the looks are for the health of that team, including John Ross. Um, Dak Prescott, 6,000 against the Packers. Probably not a guy I end up getting to with much volume. Jair Alexander against Amari Cooper seems to be a nice shutdown spot, or at least a limiting spot. And it seems like they haven't ruled out Michael Gallup yet. So this is going to be a big thing as well, injuries. If Michael Gallup is out, probably don't have much interest in Dak. Michael Gallup is in, a little bit more interesting in Dak, right? It's a lot easier to know where the ball is going to go if Michael Gallup's not out there. Amari Cooper, probably Jason Witten, and Zeke in the backfield. Michael Gallup out there makes the field a lot less narrow. Uh, Matt Ryan, the guy just keeps throwing for 300 plus yards. I mean, he's done it every single week so far. Um, he gets a matchup here that's probably not going to be blanket coverage like the Titans were last week to just take away Julio and Ridley for the most part. Uh, and he has a tight end who, in Austin Hooper, is very, very underrated and growing in his game, it seems, by every single week. So $5,900. Matt Ryan continues to be just not owned in an offense that can't run the ball. Like, yeah, Devonta Freeman had a good week last week and the week before, all in the receiving game. Go look at it. He had 12 carries for 28 yards last week. He's been one of the worst running backs in the league in terms of creating space, uh, breaking tackles, and just being elusive in the backfield, so... This is a team, even with Edo Smith healthy last week, that just wants to throw the ball. Or really, they don't have much um, choice but to throw the ball, whether it's game flow or just the fact that their running backs can't find running lanes. So that's where I'm at right now with quarterback. Um, I think the Patriots are a very interesting team stack. I think Kyler Murray, you can run him naked since he has a rushing upside. Uh, Carson Wentz, I'm really waiting to see what happens with Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Watson, I think, is a very good team stack option as well. Running backs, this is the hardest spot on the slate, is the top end of running back. You have McCaffrey, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson. I mean, all these studs, Melvin Gordon coming back uh, more than likely this week. Um, Lots of guys, Leonard Fournette's insane usage, Aaron Jones without Jamal Williams. All these guys are in prime spots for usage, for just overall skill, especially the guys above $8,000. First time, I think, all year we've had all four studs on the slate because some have been on the Sunday night, the Monday night, the Thursday night slate, whatever it might be, and here you have it. I would probably rank it if I had to quickly say above this 8K range. Ezekiel Elliott at 8,300 is my favorite. Now, Tyrone Smith is unlikely to play for this offensive line. is obviously top five offensive line in the league, if not higher top three for the Cowboys. Losing Tyrone Smith, one of the best players, if not the best player at his position left tackle in the entire league. Yeah, it's a huge loss, but they're still a top 10 offensive line without him. And you saw last week in the first game where Zeke and this team is in a competitive game, I guess you can say, Tony Pollard only sees two snaps. Zeke plays 97% of the snaps. He sees six, six receptions. He gets all the work in the backfield. I expect that to continue against the team and the Packers that as long as they have injuries on this defensive line, they really need Travis Adams back. They could go and really need to call up the Tigers and get Mike, or not the Tigers, uh, the Lions and get Mike Daniels back. So um, they struggle against the run. That was something that we saw finally last week. It was something we saw a little bit with Philip Lindsay and, um, and the week before Phil and Lindsay and Royce Freeman kind of having their way on the ground against the Packers defense if anything that was the main way the Broncos moved the ball so Zeke seems like 8,300 is the spot that I want to get to the most, but my God, it's a fantastic spot for Dalvin Cook and a team that wants to run the ball nonstop in a spot where he's going to be a decent-sized favorite against a Giants defense that ranks um, bottom three in the league in tackling rate, right? Dalvin Cook right now, the highest-graded pro football focus uh, running back. That's that's really hard to get away from at 8,400. Kamara is probably the one that I like the least out of these f- top five uh, running backs if you factor in David Johnson's price tag as well at 7,500. Just because Tampa Bay's been top five in everything against pass catching running backs. Against the run, Vita Vay is maybe the best player in the league right now against the run. This Tampa Bay front, you attack them like we saw last week, with really like we've seen every single week, but like we saw last week, Jared Goff throwing sixty-eight times on them. They're a bottom five pass defense. Um they're maybe the best, if not top three, in the entire league at stopping the run. So Kamara, although especially with Teddy Bridgewater being a check down machine, maybe the number one Right there, 1A, 1B with Michael Thomas most weeks. Even more emphasized when Teddy Bridgewater's out there relying on short 5- to 10-yard passes. Just based on the context of the slate, it's hard to get to. Uh, Christian McCaffrey touched the ball 37 times last week. Uh, This guy's insane. Third time this year, he played 100% of the snaps. His team has a team total of 22.25. But it doesn't even matter if his team has a team total of 18. Like, he doesn't need to score a touchdown to go nuts. 37 touches last week. Like... His floor in the running game is probably 15 touches as a floor. And in the receiving game, it's 15. You're getting like a floor of 20 touches out of Christian McCaffrey. And more times than not, just based on how good he is with the ball in his hands, elusiveness in the receiving game, that's probably like 20 fantasy points. Guy's absolutely nuts. Um, Always gonna have interest. Sure, he's priced up, but he's still too cheap relative to what he can do. DraftKings doesn't know how to properly price these guys because relative to your overall bankroll, it makes it hard to do other things. You price him at $9,500, where he probably should be. Like we saw a $10,000, I think Todd Gurley last year one week, he should probably be about ninety five hundred, but just since all the studs are on this slate, you have everybody compressed a little bit. So um, those are eight thousand dollar range. I like Zeke the most, and he just so happens to be the cheapest. Then I probably like McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Kamara last. I even like David Johnson more than Kamara. David Johnson is tied with Christian McCaffrey for the most routes run by a running back so far this year. Keep in mind, David Johnson missed about a quarter quarter and a half of the week two game, I believe, with a wrist injury. Um, so even then, he's still leading the league with McCaffrey in routes run. We saw last week, eight catches, 99 yards in the receiving game, running routes all over the field, lining up in the slot, running straight up goal routes out of the backfield. Just great things you like to see for a talented running back. It's overall usage. Now we get to matchup against the Bengals that dating back to last year. have just been giving up points left and right to the running back position. So far this year against running backs, they give up the most fantasy points on this slate, 36.2 fantasy points per game, uh, right behind how much the Packers are giving up. And they get to face Zeke this week at 35.6. So If you factor in David Johnson um, as a top five player or rankings for me, right now on a Tuesday, I like Zeke, David Johnson, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Kamara, but it's crazy to list Dalvin Cook, how good he's been as the number four option there. Um, it's just a matter of they're all priced up. It's not like you're getting a $1,000 discount on Cook from McCaffrey. It's $300, and more times than not, McCaffrey outtouches him by 5 to 10 touches just because he's the whole offense right now. Um, but if you go all the way down to 7500 now you're saving a lot of money, 1200 off of McCaffrey. David Johnson, more times than not, uh, probably touches the ball 20 plus times, and he's seeing 85 plus percent of the snaps. So that's where I'm at right now. Lennon Fournette goes nuclear uh, against Denver last week, 225 yards on the ground, still sees two catches in their uh, pass-catching game for 20 yards, three targets, so he gets a floor of like four fantasy points in the receiving game for this guy. The reason I want to keep going back to Lennon Fournette, his success rate, even after last week, still terrible. His offensive line play, one of the worst bottom two on the slate in this league, right there with the Bengals. Just some terrible offensive line play. He's getting stuffed a ton, but he hasn't scored a touchdown. We're a quarter of the way through the season. By the end of the year, I would expect him to have five, six, and beginning of the year, I would have said eight plus touchdowns, right? So regression is coming. We don't expect him to go halfway through the year and have zero touchdowns as a running back who has a ton of carries. I think he had six or seven red zone carries last week, just didn't get in the end zone. It's coming. This team is moving the ball well. Gardner Minshaw, believe it or not, is playing well. Last week, very aided by the running back of Leonard Fournette and even Ryqual Armstead to a little bit, the backup running back. So uh, Leonard Fournette's still in play, a guy I have interest in because the price point just didn't jump up enough. And luckily it didn't because we need mid-range options on a slate that's loaded with top 10, uh, top tier talent in terms of price and skill. Aaron Jones I have interest in ran the most routes out of any running back last week when Jamal Williams went down obviously a lot of that's game flow dependent because Aaron Rodgers threw 50 plus times which we're not going to see often if indeed Jamal Williams is out he's in the concussion protocol you saw him take a really nasty hit Thursday night against um, the Eagles if he's out then yeah Aaron Jones probably steps into around the 20 touch roll you probably see more times than not around four targets for him in the receiving game not the six catches he had last week in a, in a more neutral game script I would expect four or five targets in the receiving game but then 16 to 18 carries on the ground Sonny Michel is someone interesting to me. Although all these other running backs that I'm going to name have a... A skill, or at least that I've named so far, have a very defined role in their team's pass catching game. Aaron Jones, maybe the one that doesn't the most, but still going to see four to five targets. Sonny Michelle, nothing. James White, Rex Burkhead getting all the receiving yards. The only reason Michelle's interesting, his team's a huge, huge favorite, 15 point favorite right now, in a spot where he finally saw usage last week. Less than 50% of the snaps when he was on the field, 17 of 19 touches out of the running back, um, carries in that spot. So that's nice. Wayne Goldman, I still have some interest. 5,400, a little bit more of a difficult matchup, 60% of the snaps, but he's catching a ball on every 10 snaps that he plays. That's really good for 5,400. I mean, it was really good last week at 4,600. Even if he only plays 60% of the snaps, John Hilleman played, I think, like 38 to 40%, the other remaining of the snaps at running back. But when he's on the field, he's just catching the ball. Um, So if you tell me that he's going to be playing 30, 40 snaps in this game and more times than not, that means he catches three to four balls and that's not even counting if he has more targets than that. Yeah, that's a nice upside play at 5,400. I probably prefer him over Sony Michelle. Joe Mixon is interesting at 6,100. It's just a terrible offensive line, but Arizona has been so, so bad against the running backs dating back to last year. We saw the only way. Mixon had 19 touches and um, really didn't play much of the fourth quarter in that last game. Credit that to uh, Dave Loffey. Um You can follow him uh, on Osmo brought that one up on the show today so interesting spot but probably not a guy i end up getting to just because of the price point um if i'm paying 6100 it's probably a really good gpp spot if i'm being honest with you um but nothing that i would want to touch in cash david montgomery he's seeing all the touches mike davis saw two percent of the snaps last week zero percent this past week and then tariq cohen is seeing less than 40 percent, far less than majority of the snaps david montgomery is going to be the guy out there with chase daniels a backup quarterback we've seen him involved in the passing game a little bit i do like the upside of david montgomery at 5200 in a gpp only type of format melvin gordon's interesting Keep an eye on what Derek Wolf, I believe his name, uh, it's Wolf. I think it's Derek. I don't know why I'm blanking. On the defensive line for the Broncos, if he's out, that's a huge difference in the run stop. I mean, you saw Leonard Fournette go crazy. Bradley Chubb, mainly just more of a factor in the pass rush passing game, but he's another guy on that defensive line that is going to have to be filled in for. They have not had Bryce Callahan. This defense is really banged up. But keep an eye on Wolf. If Wolf is out, Melvin Gordon, a guy who I would expect to come in and take over 75 plus percent of the. Overall carries Eckler, I would expect to stay on the field though, not just take the other 25% of the snaps. He's going to stay on the field as like a slot receiver, especially because there's been so so much injuries uh, for this this team, both on the offense and defensive side for the Chargers. I mean, you're down two safeties, a backup cornerback, Melvin Ingram comes off the field last week with an injury. On the offensive side, you're down three wide receivers last week. In- Inman gets hurt. You're down three tight ends now. Sean Culkin, Col- the third string tight end be- behind Virgil Green and Hunter Henry, he tore his Achilles. So for a lot of injuries. You're going to keep playmakers on the field like Eckler. You're probably going to see a lot of. Uh, formations with Melvin Gordon and Eckler on the field at the same time that's where my running back right now probably the hardest spot on the slate and maybe not hardest but most the thing that you have to get right the most is the top end of the running backs if you're playing 150 lineups you probably have exposure to a lot of those guys right now I like Zeke and I like David Johnson's individual spots but that's nothing to say anything bad about Dalvin Cook or McCaffrey Um, Kamar I don't like as much because of the matchup but again he's going to be a guy who probably sees 18 plus touches and 80 percent or so of the snaps Wide receiver, if you're new here, um, it's always going to be deep, right? It's always going to be a ton of options. Right now, I have like 25 guys listed. I usually try and get this down to around 20, um, come on uh, on Friday show, and then obviously by the weekend, maybe a little bit more or less. Um, the matchup for Keenan Allen this week, will start here. I'm not going to go through every single player, but some of them. Matchup for Keenan Allen against Denver, Chris Harris Jr. has been dominant. Um, not following a lot of guys into the slot, but still... We can see that happen. Keenan Allen's going to be in the slot on probably half of his, if not more, just to avoid more of Chris Harris Jr. snaps this week. The price point comes down in a game where Keenan Allen lays a little bit of an egg. Instead of having another 10, 15 target game, he sees six, right? Still has 48 targets through four weeks. Just ridiculous. And I expect this guy to go out there and probably see double digit targets this week, especially because of all the injuries on this team. The price point comes down. Matchup, sure, when he's on the outside is going to be difficult. Xavier and Howard followed him into the slot last week. Chris Harris Jr. does that. It's scary, but I wouldn't expect it to happen. Chris Godwin in the slot against PJ Williams is a nice matchup, better than his teammate Mike Evans has on the outside against Marcus Lattimore, who has given him trouble in the past. Mike Thomas is probably the best wide receiver play on the slate, as of right now, right? He's never a guy who goes deep, so Teddy Bridgewater being in there is better for him. Like Drew Brees doesn't throw deep anymore either for the last two to three years. So Michael Thomas is a guy who runs 10-yard routes, and he's very good at running those routes and getting separation. Nine catches, 95 yards last week on nine targets. He'll catch almost everything that comes his way. And at $6,600, I'm very confused by this price point. He doesn't have to do much to pay off $6,600, even if he has high ownership give me eight catches for 80 yards and 16 fantasy points pays off $6,600 more times than not in most formats. That's if he doesn't get into the end zone. That's if he doesn't have a big game or break a big play. And we know that he's a big play upside receiver against a bottom five pass defense. Give me Michael Thomas this week all day. Tyler Boyd. I like that he didn't have a big day last night. I like that the offensive line stunk, especially in prime time because Tyler Boyd's matchup 6,500 in this spot, especially if there's no John Ross, is just phenomenal against Arizona. Who's just leaking points to all positions. Tyler Boyd, I like at the same price point. Probably see low ownership because of a dud game on Monday Night Football and because you have the same similar price point, Michael Thomas right there for $100 more. I like all the Patriots receivers this week. I really like team stacks here early in the week. Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon. Finally, Josh Gordon, only the second time this year, I believe he will not have a shadow treatment um, I think you're going to see a big game out of him against a really, really bad secondary. I prefer Gordon over Edelman. Larry Fitzgerald is going to be a smash play against the Bengals. We already talked about the Bengals, how they can't cover anything. Larry Fitzgerald's running 94% of his routes out of the slot this year. And now there's no Christian Kirk, who's been leading the team in, in uh, targets so far this season. Christian Kirk gets hurt. Um, look, he I guess he's not officially ruled out, but it looked bad. If he trends towards doubtful or out. And Demir Bird, also out last week, have to check his status. It's the Larry Fitzgerald show at $6,000. It's a fantastic spot. Some of the other receivers in Keyshawn Johnson and Trent Shurfield will definitely have to step up. They just have to. Uh, Andy Isabel will see some snaps, if indeed Bird and Kirk miss, but I would focus all of my attention on Larry Fitzgerald. And then probably Keyshawn Johnson, who will play primarily on the outside Alshon Jeffrey, I have interest in, especially if I want to get to Wentz. Um, MVS, probably no Devontae Adams, unlikely to play. MVS is the main beneficiary against a Dallas secondary that has now put, um, they just put another safety on IR. Uh, Xavier Woods, I believe it is, is still, I think, day-to-day slash week-to-week dealing with an injury. So keep an eye on that. They're already down. Their weakest point already is their secondary especially safety, Um, not so much cornerback, but safety. And now they're down another safety. So MVS is an interesting play, especially we know Devontae Adams. I would expect somewhere close to double digit targets. I have Kirk as a yes, but that's if he plays and he's healthy. So I guess I'll put him as an X. We'll have to see what his health is like. Philip Dorsett is a yes. I'm going to put him as maybe as well. I just prefer Josh Gordon. Yes, he's cheaper, so it's nice. Um, so if you want to get the team stacks and get Dorsett in there for a little bit cheaper, it makes sense. But I just prefer Josh Gordon in a spot where people think he might not be having a good year. He's had a face Tredavious White and Xavier Howard two out of the last three weeks. Two top 10, I would say, cornerbacks in this league. Auden Tate. John Ross had to leave that game early. I like Auden Tate at 3,500 a lot in this spot. Um, The guy ran 12th most routes last week. He's ran top 15 in routes over the last two weeks of the season. And he's a guy who's lining up in the slot on over a third of his snaps. Obviously, we like the matchup for guys in the slot. Against this Arizona defense, fast-paced game, 3,500. Potentially going to step into a Zach Taylor offense as the number two receiver. Yeah, give me that all day. Will Fuller would have a 75-yard touchdown last week. Would add a 60-plus yard touchdown a few weeks back. If just Deshaun Watson throws him the ball and just hits him, right? We can't throw the ball and catch the ball for these guys, but they're getting open and beneficial matchups this is another beneficial spot against an Atlanta secondary that um, has had to put key players on IR and is just getting banged up every single week and for the most part just doesn't have a lot of talent back there to begin with you can see all of my X's and maybes uh DeAndre Hopkins always in play for sure we just talked about Will Fuller why he's in play um DeAndre Hopkins uh definitely going to be in play As well this week, for some reason he's popping up as if he's playing Tennessee this week, but he's playing Atlanta, Um, so that's a mistake on my part. Really, it's just a sheet. But playing Atlanta is going to be a nice spot um, as opposed to playing a Tennessee team, right, who's going to be more shadow coverage. Um, So I prefer DeAndre right now probably to a Julio Jones. I'm going to put DeAndre as a yes because I really do like the Deshaun Watson game stack environment or team stack environment with Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins. It's just such a high upside thing if Watson can just hit these guys. Last week, both have another 50-plus yard catch, potentially a touchdown if he just hits them on open plays. Um, the rest of this, you guys can look through and see what you think about it. That's where I'm at right now. I think Braxton Barrios at $3,000 is not needed, but he was by far Luke Fulks' favorite receiver, now facing probably the worst secondary and the most beat-up secondary in the Eagles in the entire league, giving up 51.6 fantasy points per game to the wide receiver position. Berrios, albeit he faced his, his former team from the preseason, the New England Patriots, um, Berrios was a guy who had a lot of talk on the Patriots in the preseason, played special teams, didn't get much run at receiver because Jacoby Myers just went absolutely nuclear in the preseason, got cut, played for the Jets, played well against the Patriots. We'll see if that continues. Um, but I think he's in play for sure. And then um, Robbie Anderson's not a guy who's popping up right now. Uh, but Rob, Robbie Anderson for the Jets against the secondary is fantastic spot. It's just a matter of, do you actually like uh, the quarterback of Luke Fulk and trust him? This is the best matchup he possibly can get, so maybe a little bit. Tight end, we'll finish it up here. Zach Ertz is in a great spot. He's too cheap at $6,000. He has six red zone targets this year and has not yet paid that off with a touchdown. And again, against this Jets defense, Alshon is back on the outside, potentially Deshaun Jackson back. But even if he's not, Alshon Jeffrey being back will... Give you less to no double teams for Zach Ertz. Evan Ingram is fine. I prefer Zach Ertz for only $200 more. Delaney Walker didn't play a lot last week, but that's because they got up ahead early. Two A.J. Brown touchdowns, real quick. Corey Davis scores. They get up early, the tight ends, and they run the ball 27 times with Derrick Henry. They put their run blocking, John o. Smith tight ends on the field, and Delaney Walker pretty much had the second half off in this game. So. I like him here against Buffalo in a bounce back spot for a cheap price point. Darren Waller, really tough matchup against the Bears, but I still expect him to have eight targets. So he's interesting to me. And he's probably a guy that I try and get to. Price point goes down for a guy who's on pace for 130 plus receptions at the tight end position. And he has a 30% market share of targets from Derek Carr. Uh, Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews was touched on the pendant last year or last week. Only plays 42% of the snaps. When he's on the field, he's running routes and getting the ball thrown his way. So it's going to be really easy for defensive coordinators to stop that. Uh, Pittsburgh, I think their secondary and their defense overall is a lot better than people are giving them credit for, especially people just anointing them a bad defense through two weeks because they had injuries to start the year to TJ Watt playing banged up, Joe Hayden banged up, not having Minka Fitzpatrick. This is a totally different defense than week one and week two health wise and also adding Minka Fitzpatrick. So not as much interest in Andrews, but still a fine option. Of course, 4,800. It's an interesting spot to choose between him and Waller. We'll see where I end up there towards the end of the week. Hooper, he benefited last week from Ryan, one, having to face shadow coverage on the outsides, but two, um, just throwing 50 plus times. So Hooper's a guy who more times than not, last week, every single year, his targets have come up per game. I expect him to see six, seven targets a game more times than not. So he's in play at his price point. Jimmy Graham, I like a lot. Devontae Adams is unlikely to play. We saw Jimmy Graham get a ton of red zone targets uh, this past week ended up catching a touchdown with no Devontae Adams on that final parts of that game. He has five red zone targets so far this year through four games in a week where, or in a season where week two and three just wasn't used like at all. Uh, week one and two, he was used. If there's going to be no Devontae, the the clutch moments in terms of in the red zone and on big third downs, we saw Rodgers has gone nonstop to Jimmy Graham over the last year, year and a half. And he did that again in the fourth quarter when Devontae wasn't there. Uh, Jimmy Graham ended up having three red zone targets in the fourth quarter. And in the fourth quarter alone, having a ton of just targets, going down the field he got two plays um, just to get them into the red zone or caught two balls just to get them into the red zone. Tyler Eifert, if you want to play the flow chart game against Arizona, he's averaging four targets per game. So far, Tyler Eifert is averaging one red zone target per game. He's playing about, he's running about 20 routes per game as well. So not used a ton, but at 3,300 versus an Arizona team, that's giving up over 29 fantasy points a game to tight ends. People are going to follow it. I'm not as excited about it, but again, really good matchup. Jared Cook against Tampa Bay, really good matchup for him. If he just gets more snaps on the field, Tampa Bay, second worst team guarding the tight end. Jared Cook in an offense that is struggling with injuries. If Ted Ginn is out, I'll have more interest in Jared Cook as sort of the third option behind Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara in this passing attack. So that is it. That is the early week look. Hopefully this helps you out. Uh, tune back in on Thursday or Friday for a final thoughts video. If you want to get access to my exclusive content, it's over on Patreon. Lots of stuff over there. Um, that We go more in depth on Sunday morning, on Friday with ownership, uh, live show on Wednesdays, all my stat sheets, all my projections, point projections. So check that out. Link down below. Want $100 off my daily fantasy course. Just comment down below. Hey, can you send me that link or that coupon? And I will. So thank you. Follow me on Twitter at DFS. Hit the subscribe button before you leave. My name's Sal. You already know that. Thank you for tuning in so much, guys.